0: Welcome to Real Talk, Real Women, Breaking the Silence Around Abuse. I am Gemma Serenity, your host, and today we are welcoming Altagracia Felix. So if you are not subscribed to the podcast yet, go right here, right now on gemmasgem.substack.com slash podcast. Today, we talk about finding support when you just left domestic violence or domestic abuse. So, Alta Gracia Felix is a shamanic Reiki healer, a spiritual guide and intuitive trauma coach. She is devoted to empowering women to take the time needed to truly heal their relationships with themselves. Through her programs, Healing Circle, and one-on-one coaching, women are able to change their relationships with their past experiences and find the hidden gems. She believes healing is absolutely possible and it doesn't have to take a decade to get there. Through radical responsibility, spirituality, and curiosity, women can begin to rise above their past and become the alchemist of their own lives. Welcome, atta So happy to have you again. Yes,
1: I'm so excited to be here. Honored that I get to be here with you again on this amazing podcast and all the, the knowledge nourishment that you're giving to your community. Thank you so much.
0: Okay, so I know we already went there during your last episodes, but let's assume that those who are listening to this one did not hear the previous one. Can you please Tell us your story in a five minutes time frame, meaning a few big events that shaped who you are today.
1: Yeah, of course. So I'm gonna do my best. Thank you, I <laughs> appreciate that. <laughs> um, I'll, I'll start with the fact that I am a three-time domestic abuse survivor. Uh, and my experience with intimate partner abuse started at the age of 14. That was the first time I got into an abusive relationship, and that lasted about four years. And I tend to say that that one was probably the worst of all of them um, because it broke so much of me. It involved physical abuse, mental abuse, emotional abuse, um, really, really broke me down. And it was also at a time where I was diagnosed with rheumatoid arthritis. So as my life, as I knew it was breaking apart, I was in this very toxic um, relationship that was also breaking me apart. So by the time I left there when I was 18, I was down in the dumps. And I just remember like the moment where I realized that I had to go, I was going to die. (laughs) And I didn't know how death was going to come. I didn't, I didn't, it wasn't like I saw anything, but I just remember sitting on the couch and feeling like my soul was leaving my body. I could only feel the tips of my finger. I could feel it holding on. And I like just dropped down to my knees and prayed to God with everything that I had. I was like, please just open the door and I'm going to run. Like I promise if you open the door, I am going to run. And he ended up going to jail for a crime he did not commit. And I ran, <laughs> I took the door and I ran. And I spent a lot of time doing surface rebuilding, right? Like building up my self-esteem and um, my ego and you know all that stuff that he broke down. And then I ended up in another abusive relationship for six years. And within that relationship, it wasn't as bad as the first one. And and that's something that I want to say because that's what made me stay so long because it wasn't as bad as the first one, not realizing that it was bad, that at that time I didn't recognize that. Um, But out of that relationship, I walked away with two beautiful children whom I love. And they're the reasons that I left him because I realized I didn't want this for my daughter. Um, She was the one that was pertinent in the forefront for me. I grew up watching my parents. Um, assault each other <laughs> in in different ways, and so even though I grew up saying I'm never gonna be in a relationship like that, I saw myself repeating the pattern, and I recognized at least then that in order for me to not make that a reality from my daughter, I need to do something different. It, I can't. She's not gonna be able to just say it to herself like I thought I was gonna be able to, and actually not find herself in that situation. I, I think all of my siblings actually ended up in abusive, toxic relationships, and it's like ten of us. <laughs> and so it, it it's a thing. Um, it's totally a thing. And so one of the once I left him, and I started dating the third guy, he was totally better than the first two that I was with. But the difference with him is it was much slower the abuse, um, and it was very financial. And I ended up moving to a new state. I was with him for about two and a half years and I left him because he hit my son who wasn't his biological child. And I needed that to happen in order for me to walk away. Because even though I was planning on leaving, which is great segue into the conversation for today, even though I was planning on leaving, I felt like I needed to stay until I had all my ducks in a row for what I was going to do after I left him. And that was still six months away, but he hit my son and it just like flicked a switch within me and and I walked out and I figured it out from there. It was just like an everyday figuring it out from there. And today I'm happy in a healthy relationship, a loving, healthy relationship with a third kid and life is
0: good. Thank you. Thank you for sharing. 10 siblings all living as well in some sort of abusive relationships
1: every single one of them experienced toxic abusive relationships. Um, Of all of them, I would say one, two, maybe three or four, not including me, are in healthy relationships now. Mm -hmm. Um, The rest of them kind of figured out how to behave so that they wouldn't experience the toxicity. Which
0: does not important. work. No. I really tried that too. for fifteen years of domestic violence. I really tried to behave, quote unquote, so that I would not upset him in one way or another. This is not how it works. No. It 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 goes so much deeper. There is there is this healthy give and take. There is this healthy um. Uh, interest in the other to feel how you feel to feel how the other feel to fill out each other love reservoir which might not look the same, right? But it goes both ways. It's not just ah oh, I need you to do that. Yeah, no. <laughs> no. And it is this, this recurring questions in a healthy relationship, which is okay, do you feel loved by me? Because me loving you it's a fact, but do you feel loved? Yeah. In the way love means love to you. And at the beginning, at the at the during a few years, at the beginning of my third, last and dream husband's relationship, <laughs> it's a good one who is still there. Uh, Often, he was asking me if I felt love, and I said, oh, yes, I feel feel the queen of the world. And when I was returning him the questions, he answered, no, I do not feel loved. I do not feel seen. I do not feel understood. And I was there, (gasps) oh, that doesn't work. Okay, so what do we need to readjust so that you feel loved? Yeah. And then he's, he's very patient. It took time, a lot of time. For me, it took a decade, as you were mentioning. And you think, you were going to take a decade. I'm sorry. <laughs> That's a beautiful, a beautiful um, process. And,
1: and beautiful that he, one, felt comfortable enough to tell you that. And two, <clears throat> that you were able to listen and hear that. And three, that both of you did the work. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Fully,
0: you, completely. Every day and it continues. It does not stop. Every day we do all the oponopono all the cutting the cords with what is holding you back, all the EFT, the the the, the tapping technique, all the reiki, I mean Reiki healer like you, all the Reiki to really like clear out all the chakra, all that is that is messing up with your energies. Yeah. And we do that every single day. There is no day when we do not address anything that may arise. And Mm -hmm. there are some days when we just enjoy the peaceful harmony of love as well. Because it's part of life, of course. When you are having a healthy relationship and you are healed, it's part of life. So today we talk about finding the support when you just left, because it's not easy when you just left. Mm -hmm. Because, I mean, people are going to tell you, okay, he's abusive with you, just leave. Yeah, okay. One day you're going to really go through the door and really leave. What do you do now?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Right.
0: (laughs) Okay, Atta, the mic is yours. What do you do now? It's like, okay. That's the question that no one seems to... uh
1: want to answer I think uh especially the same people that are telling you to leave and they're doing that I think from a good place I think let's start there they're doing it from a good place however they're not in in it and what I have found for me is when I walk away when I walked away I kind of was on my own and that was hard and so what I have found to work number one is what are the resources that are available to me you know what can I, what can I go get? Who can I reach out to? And when I think about resources, I know that in the U.S. um, there's a program where you could apply for money to help you and they'll send you a check. And all you have to do with that program is send them a police report, which means you don't even have to have a case because the way that I did it is I went to the police report to the police station. I filed a report, but I told them I didn't want to, I didn't want to, um, press charges or anything. I just I just wanted to move on but I need to document it in case anything were to happen after the fact. Luckily I did that because when I found this agency with the police report they give you $1000 per incident. And so I was able to get a $2000 check that I didn't even know was available to me and that was so helpful. Right? So what are the resources in the community in which you either will be living, currently live in that you can tap into? I think that is going to be one of the most important things to think about before you leave, because that's going to be very supportive for you after you leave. What are the resources, whether it's a place to stay, um, food, clothing, furniture, any of the above? What are the resources that are available to you to support you, your needs, if you have children, your children's needs, once you walk away from that relationship? Because- if you're like many people, I would say, but especially like me, so I'll speak for myself, my ex refused to help me at all. Um, And even though I had put down $4,000 for the house we were living at and he was making $10,000 a month, he refused to give me 2,000, which is what I asked him for. So just give me half of my deposit to help me land on my feet. And he was not with it. He was dead set on creating as much adversity for me as possible with the hopes that I would come back. Um, but I was in another space. And so all that did was it fed, me, it fed me what I needed to keep going to stay out. <laughs> so I would say that's the first.
0: Yes, indeed, that's the first. I remember uh, when I was living in Switzerland, this is where I experienced living domestic abuse. And I indeed started by going, file a report. And press charges, even though they were not sustained, because the other part just said, denied everything. So it was parallel against parallel, say, words against words. So it just like went down. However, I saw the, the response of the judge who just like looked at the paper, did not even uh, uh, contact us to come uh, to court and to explain ourselves. He just said, OK, so we cannot hold charge against you because you deny everything. However keep that document as a huge warning. If we see anything about you coming again in that same domestic violence area, you're going to be so reprimanded, so punished. And I was there, oh, I hope he listens. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. And then, indeed, I also found a resource and I also received... Uh, about $2,000 as well actually, $1,500 worth of one month of care, housing, clothing, food in a safe space mm. for battered women with yeah. children. Yeah. And on top of that, the first $900 of a lawyer who can help me deal with the case, the three first hours. So that was already enough to land, be safe, hire a lawyer, start the divorce. Yeah,
1: yeah.
0: And from okay. there, I was able to recuperate what was due from my job that I just left. So I had two salaries that was still coming, and to divert them to another account, he did not have access to them, so be able to continue. Mm-hmm. And from there, build back. We uh, come back on my feet, realize that there is a future, there is life, there is hope, and now gather the second of your points, which yeah. is- uh, People. People, exactly. <laughs> Go for it.
1: People, 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 who can you call um, for anything? When I left my partner, I, again, I was living in, in a state uh, where I didn't really have much family. I had one aunt who lived in the entire state, who also had a son with uh, down syndrome. So she could only help me bust so much. However, who in your community around you right now, not who can you get, who exists right now that you can lean on for whatever. I ended up calling on my dad and luckily my dad is, is um, retired. So he was able to move here and live with me for six months to watch my kids, just to drop them off to school and pick them up so that I wouldn't lose my job, right? So bam, there's one person. My current partner would come because my dad um, is is Haitian and he speaks Spanish and he understands English, but he doesn't understand that my kids need to do math and and do all that stuff. (laughs) And so here comes my partner to save the day. He's staying at the house when I'm working a second job. At this time, he was just a friend, right? Just a friend who I asked, hey, can you help my kids with homework every night while I go to work, right? So um, those are just two people to mention, but who are the people around you that can help you? Whether it is uh, cooking a meal, picking your kids, dropping them off, babysitting them overnight, giving you a break. OMG, take a break, take two days to yourself. If you can have someone to say, hey, can you watch the kids for the weekend? And I did, and I, that person was my ex's sister who understood the dynamics of of what was going on. And I didn't have a bad relationship with any of them. So luckily I was able to just call her and say, hey, you know, I want to go away for my birthday. Can you keep the kids for the weekend? And she said, yes. And they already knew her. So it was good for them to be able to be in a space that was familiar while all this change is happening. So yeah, I think my second point is that, is who are your people? Who can you call on for the most simplest of things, right? Because one thing I know is, We tend to think that people don't want to help, right? Or people can't help. And that's, it's not true. Give people the opportunity to help and spread it out. So you don't want to ask one person, hey, can you watch the kids babysit them, move here, cook for me? That's a lot on one person who has their life. But if you have five people and you can ask all five of them one thing, they're almost all likely to say yes, especially if they're able to. And if they're not, they'll tell you no, but let them be the ones to tell you no and not you assume that the answer is going to be no. So first resources, second, people. Who are the people around you that you know right now? Now, people you need to go get around you right now who can help you through this transition
0: phase that you're going through. This is so crucial. Thank you for mentioning it. It's true. You need some people, some key people. So I hear someone in my imaginary mind. (laughs) I hear someone listening to that episode and saying, you cute girls, you're cute. I don't know anybody because I was isolated for the last 15 years. I know no one. What do I do? So to that one,
1: I would say, call your family. If you have family members left, whether that's cousins, uncles, grandparents, parents, um, siblings, they're going to be so happy to hear from you. And we think because we've been gone for so long, because that is a, that is a trait that they do. They do isolate you from people. Um, I experienced it in all three of those domestic abusive relationships, but your people love you. Your people love you, even if you haven't talked to them forever. And if there is absolutely no one, lean back again on the resources. Right? There are, if you have children, there are places you can go, um, daycare centers, emergency applications you can submit to help with childcare. If you really absolutely have no one, there are resources that you can lean on. And know that, okay, I'm going to, I, I called my mom or I called whoever, or there is no one to call because everyone has passed away or I'm an only child and my mom was an only child and her mom was an only child. <laughs> so there's just no one that you could reach out to. What are the resources that can fill this gap for me? Is there a community which leads us into the third one, so I won't go too far, but leaning back onto the resources is, is what I'm gonna say. And then once we get to the next one, it'll be that option too.
0: That makes me think about the American Red Cross because they help a lot in case of disaster, mm-hmm. but they also have a lot of resources, phone numbers, addresses that corresponds to you locally where you live. Exactly, churches. Churches as well, that's a churches possibility
1: churches are great, Um, looking for local battered women's shelters. Exactly. Um, And and they'll they'll watch your kids, like there's resources. There is
0: something, I mean, there is something for sure. I remember I I entered uh, um, 2017, there was one bad day, we lost our home, and we didn't know where to go yet, and there was a date, and it was three days ahead, and it was like, And it was on Mother's Day, I cried so hard. But I got this amazing idea to cry in a church during Sunday service, a church I didn't know. I just entered whatever church was there. And I cried and cried and cried and cried because I was losing the home. I had my adult son who just came back and I was there and I'm not even able to provide a home, a safe space, not even for my son. And it's Mother's Day and we are supposed to be celebrated. I couldn't the pastor of that church seeing me cry during the entire service and I just tried to grab hope. What we do today with that podcast, we give you hope, you know. Mm-hmm. And he told me, what's going on? Can I see you in my office? Grab Come in my office, I me what's going on. Mm-hmm. Okay. With my husband, we went to, to his office. He was with me today. And um, I told him, exactly, we're losing home. We don't know where to go. We don't know what to do. We are, we have penniless, moneyless, and bad credit score. And I mean, we have nothing for us. Yeah. The answer was it check right there, right then, go to a motel, a hotel or somewhere safe and continue to pray. mm. And I, I, I was there like, and then he also told mm-hmm. me, and by the way, you play the violin, we pay our musician, come over next Sunday, we pay you for See? giving music. And I was there, okay, so I got a gig, I got a home. Okay. Yeah. Just like that. And yeah. that was not even living domestic violence in itself, that was like losing your home, which yeah. is a serious trauma. It is. And it's traumatizing. It is, traumatizing. It is, is traumatizing. traumatizing. it is. So that moment in time was totally like mm. becoming aware of was. the resources that you didn't even know were possible.
1: You know what I hear in your story? It's like the surrender. Yes. A full surrender to what was in the moment, right? Otherwise, you wouldn't have allowed yourself to cry. You'd have been, you know, rushing, trying to trying to do, trying to do, do, do. And it's like this complete surrender. Right now, I feel broken. Right now, I feel X, Y, and Z. And you allowed yourself to be in it. You held space for that. And in holding space for that, you gave someone the opportunity to bless you, right? to Instead of trying to scramble to find what is the next step, you just surrendered. Then the next step showed up. I love that. I
0: absolutely love that. Thank you. And indeed, what did I do? As I, I was raised Christian, so when I don't know where to look at, I look at God. Mm-hmm. And what did I do? I look at God. Very good. Do we go to any church? Go to any church. I, think, I don't even know the name of the church, to be honest. Mm-hmm. I still don't. So I was not a member of that church. This is just so why I'm telling that story. I was not a member of that church. They helped me. Later on, we were helped by the Latter-day Saints Mm, mormons yeah exactly mm-hmm. they helped us we were we not member we were not men it's what mm-hmm. it was that like we were just like neighbors we didn't mm-hmm. know them we knew nothing oh you are in need okay very good here is some help mm-hmm. thank you mm-hmm. what do you say thank you and then they say oh thank you for giving us the opportunity to help you we are here to help main yeah. words you are here to help Okay, so if you in the audience listening to that, watching this video, if you are in need of help, go try, ask, get out of your own way. Do not assume nobody is there for you and allow help to come. Help is on the way. So let it come. Let it come. Let it come.
1: Let it come. I love what you just said. Get out of your own way. We're professionals at getting in our own way. We definitely (laughs) are. We need to quit that job, okay, (laughs) and start the getting
0: out of your way position. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) I love that. All right. So that leads us to your third point. What What do we do when you got the resources, you got the people? Now you are a little bit better because you are (laughs) safe. Mm-hmm. however you still need support yeah like on a daily basis and, and in your in your soul yes and to, to put back the pieces together to heal
1: what yes. do you do that part i believe in community okay. i believe in finding community and that community can look like anything there is really no right or wrong way but what you're looking for is a community that holds space for you without one trying to fix you. It's a community that holds space for you and pours love into you. A community that um, recognizes what you can't see in yourself just yet. And it's about healing. Like you just said, it's about healing. So you got the resources, found your peeps to help you get on solid ground, now it's time to start to do the work. Now it's time to start to do the work so that tomorrow, and by tomorrow, I mean six months, a year, two years, tomorrow doesn't look like yesterday. And that happens by focusing every day on today. Every day on today. And you need community. We're not meant to do this stuff alone. I always say healing is an individual journey, but it's not meant to be walked alone. You know, your exact path, route, struggles, triumphs is gonna be different than the woman who's standing next to you or the man who's standing next to you. But together, there's so much more in there, right? So like when you talked about healing circles, I, I do the women's monthly healing circle. I'm not there to fix anyone. I'm there to hold an energetic container that is safe enough, that is full of enough love that you can come in. And I'm I'm saying this just to give you an example um, for the listeners that you can recognize spaces like these so that you can come in. And just relax into it. And by relax, I mean, if you want to cry for the first 30 minutes, no one is pointing their finger at you. No one is trying to make you stop crying. No one, everyone is just sitting with you in that moment and allow you, allowing you to cry because that's the next step. The next step is crying because I know for me, when I left, tears were the last thing that I was able to do because I had to get so many things done. I didn't have time to sit down and grieve the relationship that I I thought it was going to be. I didn't have time to grieve um, and mourn and feel the fear of the life that I was getting ready to walk into. And so the next step, once I realized, okay, I'm safe, we have a roof over our head, we have food on the table, all these things that need to happen are happening how they need to happen, or at least are in some semblance of normalcy for the people in my life now I get to cry and I get to feel. And the best place to do that is in community because they'll they'll help you not fall too far deep into depression. I think healing is like this up and down, up and down, up and down. And when you're doing it alone, it's kind of, you tend to stay in neutral and go down and neutral and go down, but we need moments of joy so that we then come down into the sadness and do the work. And then we Elevate back up to the frequency of joy, and we continue this journey until it becomes a much easier wave. But the process learning the process of creating space for excitement, joy, play, all of that, and holding space for sadness, grief, tears, anger, all of that at the same time it's not one or the other, it's both, and community helps you see that because when someone else is celebrating, you can celebrate with them and that joy translates into you. And that allows you to see the hope and the possibility of what tomorrow could be like and give you the strength to go into the depths, to go into the shadows, to go into the darkness and walk that. I I love to call healers like you and myself and, and other people. I refer to us as shadow walkers Because in order for there to be a shadow, you're walking the line of darkness and light. And so as the guides, we're helping people do the same thing, right? We're we're showing them it's okay to be on this dark side. There's nothing wrong over here. The the keys are in here. And then let's bring those into the light over here so we can integrate them and celebrate them and, and change not only our lives, but how we show up in it. So yeah. That was a
0: long-winded answer. I <laughs> mean, that's perfect. Absolutely wonderful, perfect, and, and so right.
1: Mm.
0: Right on, right on. Yeah. These communities, you can find them. You know what? You are listening to this podcast. Reach out to Alta and mm. see with her if that's your community. Reach out to me and see if my community is yours. Ask mm. us where they are. Yeah. where did we find hope when there was none <laughs> which is by the way melinda kunst um podcast and melinda kunst is one of me, my other guest speakers and she's published mm-hmm. um on august 25th mm-hmm. which happens to be do? today right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean it's pretty amazing i mean find hope when there was none
1: yeah
0: this is what we're giving you today if you have access to facebook Go in a group, look for the name of the group that just mm-hmm. matches what you, where you are at now.
1: Yeah, look in your local community. Yeah. Join a, a yoga class or a meditation class or what, is it that, what are the things that used to bring you joy? Mm-hmm. A kid. Exactly. As a kid, not as an adult, but as a child, did you like to color? Did you like to paint? Did you like to cook? And then go to places like that and find your people there because your people are going to be there. Um, and then you can like, like, uh, like God, my brain is going crazy. Like Gemma was just saying, you can't Gemma. I said it right. I was, I'm like, (laughs) I'm so big on names, but like, she was just saying, um, just seek, you have to actively seek them out. And you can also lean again, like Gemma did lean on God, on the creator, on source and say, where are my people? Where am I supposed to be right now? Where's my community? And allow yourself to be guided. Allow yourself to be guided. Notice the people that come up, right? Don't don't eliminate people just because you don't normally associate with those types of people, right? I, I used to get the most powerful messages from the homeless people on the street. Just walking.
0: Interesting.
1: Yeah. And so be open to however the universe, God, the creator wants to guide you to finding your people, my people came through this homeless person on the street who I heard um, give a message random. They'll just walk around. You're beautiful today. <laughs> Stuff like that. And then I met a coworker who just so happened to be talking about this same person on the street. And she was what she called herself was a witch. And she was the first person in my community who I could talk to and tell her my life was hard that day or, or what I was breaking free from. And I was also that for her, right? And so we connected because of this homeless person that we both saw <laughs> and got to hear beautiful messages from. And then we talked about how powerful that is and that just opened the door. So finding your community, it's gonna come in whatever way. You can reach out to us and see if what we have can even just be the catalyst. It can just be the thing that just cracks the egg open for you and gets you going and exploring and finding your people, right? Finding your community, that support system, that um, I call them your sisters or your brothers, because that's what we are. We're not separate. Where are the people that are next to you on the universal puzzle? I had someone tell me that one time. Her name was Jolly. Most beautiful, beautiful uh, picture she drew. And she talked about how, you know, sometimes you feel like, oh, I don't belong. I don't belong. Or why are those people like that? Why are these people like this? Or they don't accept me. She said, well, those people are like that because they're on that piece of the puzzle and they're doing their thing over there. And these people are like that because they're on this piece of the puzzle and they're doing their thing over there. And your puzzle piece doesn't fit over there because your puzzle piece belongs over here in this part of the world. And so where where does your puzzle piece belong and where are your other neighbors, your neighbors, your other puzzle pieces that belong in that cluster with you. And, and, and that created, I think for me, this level of acceptance and expansion and understanding that you're not, you're not meant to be like anyone or, or be a certain way or not be a certain way, just be you get back to you and figure out where you belong in the grander you know the bigger puzzle of the, of the universe and it starts with recognizing yourself
0: yeah fully agree i fully fully completely wholeheartedly agree it's beautiful you you, you, re- you really share another layer of what i would have said mm which is most important. This is why we share the mic, we share our knowledge, we share the wisdom that we acquired through fire, through pain, through death, perceived death because we're still alive. Right? (laughs) We're still alive. And we're still there. You know, when I left second time, my only exit was death. I, I planned my suicide. And because I was almost doing it, I I was set. I was set. I knew exactly what I was doing. I was doing it. But there is a God. I have to say, there is a God. And I heard that spiritual voice that is not physical. It's not a person. This is how I experienced it. And that voice told me, of course you can jump. It's going to work, but I'm going to give you the same life in words. Is that really what you want? Mm. No. So the next sentence was, so take the door. Mm. And I put on my sneakers and I left. Mm. 1.30 AM, nobody, nothing, me alone. You know, when you want to die, You do not think about taking anything or anybody with you. And you do nothing even about harming anybody. You just want to withdraw yourself from pain. This is how I thought. And the fact is that for seven days that followed that, I was looking at all the ways possible to just end life. But at the same time, a path appeared. I had nowhere to go. I had no destination. I didn't even take my phone with me. Hmm. Not money, not ID, no, nothing. Not car keys, nothing. Almost my PJ, I was just not in PJ. I mean, I I had just a few clothes and it was like summertime, so few light clothes, sneakers and go run, run. Mm -hmm. figure it out. And what happened is that I suddenly remembered that two days before, actually two weeks before, my new friend that I didn't know before, that I just met, I was just accompanying him uh, during the suicide of his mother, for real, So he had to manage that and to manage all the aftermath and put his life back together and figure out that he has no family left
1: Mm. because
0: he was left alone after her death. And then figuring out so that she was completely mentally sick and that was her way of getting back at him actually. So it was for her, it was a punishment against him rather than her withdrawing herself from the pain. So it was even another goal than I was after. So her goal was strong enough to get her to stop her life. My goal was strong enough to get me to my actual goal, which was reading myself from emotional pain. That was the ultimate. It yeah. was not dying was not the ultimate. Dying was a way that I thought would work. Yeah. Big, big warning, it does not work. In the meantime, I have talked with many, many mediums and other people who are able to communicate with spirits and with other dead people. Mm -hmm. And they keep on suffering the same emotional abuse and the same emotional turmoil they were experiencing when living in body, meaning that death is no option to get rid of emotional pain, it does not work. It, get, it may get rid of physical pain because you do not have the body anymore, but not all the emotional pain. And mm-hmm. often, if not always, a physical pain comes from an emotional pain first that then mm-hmm. somatizes the body. Meaning that this origin, this source, this root cause does not go away with this. This is no option voluntarily to heal. Yeah. Healing is an active, conscious choice of looking at what hurts, Ad- embracing it, releasing it, forgiving it, forgiving yourself for having allowed yourself to go there. That's a big one. <laughs> uh, it's a gigantic one. And, and, and letting it be where it was in that time, understanding that you did the best you could with what you had at that moment in time. And even if today you are wiser and you wouldn't do the same thing, at that time, it was the only thing you were able to do. And coming to term with it, even if it is the hardest thing ever. And I bet you have, in your experience, the hardest thing ever. I bet, I bet, I'm I'm sure, of course. Yeah. And is. I recognize you for that. Right. Mm-hmm. 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 And when really you go through that and you really accept and embrace, and then you pour love onto yourself, and that puts you back to peace, harmony, yeah. love, relaxation.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I could not have summarized that better myself and i'm glad you brought it up i'm glad you brought it up and that you mentioned it because i have been there i have been there and as you said god opens the door if you ask and you're open he's gonna show you the way he she i think god doesn't have a gender um (laughs) but god will show you the way um out and so there is hope there is always hope even if even if you can't see it it's sort of like it's the walking with blind faith because you don't know where that next step is going to take you or whether there's even concrete underneath but knowing and trusting that even if there isn't it's going to take you where you need to be it's going to take you on the path of where you need to go but i think that's yeah that was beautifully said um beautifully beautifully said a very powerful testament to how far you have come and how far others get to go. Yeah.
0: This is why we are having these conversations yeah, and this yeah. is why we are both under conversation because we we pull from the other that gem of experience, because yeah. all that we' are sharing here is only experience yeah. This is why my guest speakers are only strong and powerful women victorious <laughs> over abusive and toxic relationships who are now helping others on their healing or thriving journey. Mm-hmm. Of course, so that we can have this real conversation, we understand each other, yes. and we show the way. There is hope, there is a way, there is a future, and there is something so amazing on earth. It's you. It is you. Gosh. It's you.
1: Yeah, that's powerful. That is powerful. And you said, when you talked about God and the message that you got with, you know, like, yeah, that's a way out. I mean, you're she's gonna have to go through it again. The understanding of reincarnation and, and the soul's purpose and all of that was monumental. And I've never said this anywhere else, not on social media. This is this what I'm sharing here today with you, with everyone. It's something I've only shared in private conversations, but I'm trying to change that. But when you get to the point of understanding the process of reincarnation of the soul, it gives you a different perspective on the experiences that you're going through in this life. And for me personally, it was monumental in me being able to emotionally step back and objectively look at what was going on in my life and like, oh, this thing keeps repeating because- I'm not learning the lesson that I came here to learn from this experience. (laughs) Like, What am I supposed to learn? What am I supposed to do? And it's never about other people. It's always about you. It's where your greatest gift, your greatest learning, your greatest transition, your soul's evolution and that realization. And it, it, doesn't feel good when you're in it. I know if you're in it and you're hearing what I'm saying to you right now, you're probably cursing me out and I'm okay with that. I will receive all of those daggers <laughs> and I will send you back love because the day you decide to walk away, the day you get to the point where, you know, what we went over, your research are set, your people are set and you're in that community healing, you'll you'll recognize what I'm saying to you right now and, and what Gemma just shared with you with the message that she got. And I hope that you open up enough, just enough, cracking the door, cracking the egg, whatever, just enough to let this knowledge come in. That's, yeah, I think that's where I'll leave it at. Okay,
0: that's perfect. <laughs> that's really perfect, thank you. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. All your details to reach out to both of us are in all the description of this episode. They are even updated over time. So even if we are, I don't know, like in 2033 or 43, when you listen to that, that's totally fine. We are updating it, so reach out. And um, and we just continue. Yeah.
1: Thank you. This was an honor. Beautiful, very important conversation that we had here today. Essential.
0: Thank you so much.
1: Thank you. Bye-bye, for now.
0: Bye.